1: right rug flooring
2: hi guys and welcome back to a new episode of you need therapy podcast my name is Pat and thank you for joining me today. If you're new, I'm a therapist, and I started this podcast a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I don't even think it's been two years. I I started the podcast (laughs) some time ago to help create some conversations out in the world that I think need to be had more often. And so before we even get into anything, I want to remind you guys that that's what this podcast is. It's not a replacement for therapy, and it is not therapy, but it is a great place to start your journey towards going to therapy right? I can't count how many emails and messages I've gotten from you guys saying the podcast has helped encourage you to go to therapy and seek help. That is the point, And I am so grateful every time I hear somebody say that. So if I ever don't respond to a message, it's probably accidental or it's because I don't see it. But I want to say I appreciate all of that. That means so much to me. So speaking of messages, don't forget, We can be friends. Follow me on Instagram at cat.defada, and if you want to follow the podcast, it's at need Therapy Podcast on Instagram. Also, I'm actually on vacation right now, so well, if you're listening to it the week that this comes out, I sometimes forget that people listen to these episodes long after they they've been up. But I recorded this in advance before I went on vacation, so I could go on vacation and unplug. Or try to unplug. I don't know if I'm actually doing that because you know I have boundaries, but you know I'm a human, so I I have a hard time too stepping fully away. Anyway, life is hard, and I at first forgot why I even brought that up. I was saying that I was going on vacation, but the reason I'm saying that is because <laughs> something is something special is coming up next week, so I'm letting you know now in case I forget while we're on I'm on vacation that next Wednesday, the twenty first. Is Unique Therapy's 100th episode. So just prepare yourself because I'm gonna do something special. I am not fully aware of what that's going to be. It will probably involve giving something away and it will probably involve a special episode. So stay tuned if you wanna know what that's gonna be. But I, I really just am pumping myself up. 100 episodes is a lot of episodes and I cannot believe that we're there. Like, what? Anyway, so now for the good stuff. Today, you are getting blessed with just my voice. And you guys, if you're avid listeners, you know that I love these solo episodes where I get to just talk to you guys and have some one-on-one time with you. And I've been dying to bring this conversation into play this conversation is about failure. So I'm for sure not going to tell you how to avoid it, how to avoid failure, but we are going to figure out what it even is and why we're also scared of it. And also why this conversation is even important. Like why would I do a whole episode on failure? And one of the reasons is because I asked you guys via Instagram the other day, what was the biggest thing that kept you from going after your dreams and your goals? And overwhelmingly. The answer was fear of failure. And I will say, by far, that question that I asked was the most responded to. And I had over 100 responses saying fear of failure, lack of confidence, fear of not being good enough and failing, basically a bunch of different ways of saying fear of failing. So that means that there are a lot of people in the world who are not doing what they desire to do because they're afraid of failing. Because to be honest, I don't have that many Instagram followers. So that many of you guys are saying that to me. I know if I had a bigger following, I would have not hundreds, but I would have thousands of messages. So that's telling me that this needs to be addressed because we cannot have all you guys out there just not going after the life you want and the life you deserve. So let's get into it. I think we should start with like what even is this thing that we call failure like what is it and I have some thoughts on it which we will definitely get to but first I googled the word and if you just define it it's simple it just is the lack of success which leads us right into well what is success this is the big question like what is success what does that mean So let's talk about what our culture promotes as success. And then I'll invite you guys into creating your own definition after we chat about this a little bit. And when I say our our culture, I'm talking about the general culture that is found within American societies. And also I think that in this, it's very important that I add my bias of what I've been surrounded by, and how that is going to probably come out here, because I'm talking from my experience and not actual research. So, if you are new and don't know me or my story, I'm just going to lay this out that I am a white female who grew up in a middle class suburb in the South. So, America, from my perspective, tends to do a good job of portraying success as something that happens when you have money and a family and a house and all that. And the problem with this is, okay, like I'm going to paint a picture here. Say you're talking about your friend, we'll call him Will. Let's say that Will has this really nice looking job according to his LinkedIn and he's like the vice president of some sales company downtown at a cool downtown Let's say Nashville. I'm in Nashville. So great. You think, oh, Will's super successful in his career. Okay. And then maybe Will got married to his college girlfriend two years after graduation. So you say, Will's super successful in relationships. He's successful in relationships. He's married. Boom. Okay. Well, then maybe he soon after that ends up having a couple kids and they all wear these really cute matching outfits on every holiday and they send out these really cute fun Christmas cards every year. And so you end up saying something like, wow, Will is such a great dad. He's really successful in raising a family. Okay, let's break this down because we've just decided that Will is very successful. Because we are assuming his success on what we are seeing on the outside, mixed with our judgment of what that means, we could be making a misjudgment. So what if Will hates his job? Would he still be successful because he gets paid a lot? Like, would that kind of counteract that? Or what if Will didn't want to get married, but he did it because he felt a lot of pressure and he secretly has been having like an affair or something and, and nobody knows about it? Would he still be successful in relationships? And what if Will didn't want kids and actually has grown so fast in his job and he's so successful in his job that he actually hates because he works long hours to avoid being home because he didn't want kids and his kids are super well behaved and are so cute and public and all those pictures because they're afraid of their dad and want to please him in the very little time that he actually spends with them. Would he still be successful in raising a family? We said he was so successful and then we broke those things down and having those things, having the job, having the, the wife and having the kids didn't actually make that person feel satisfied or happy, right? So there's one part of my argument. And, and then the other part is, let's say he has all those things and they are going well, but he also doesn't feel satisfied and, and doesn't know why because he has the house and he has the family and he has the kids. And so he still feels lost. Will he still be successful? And I think that's one of the main problems that I see over and over in my office and just in the world that we have attached success and we've tied success in these things together. But then people get these things and they don't feel satisfied and they don't feel successful in their definition or we never get those things or we don't have them yet. And so we tell ourselves we're not successful because we don't have those things yet. That could just be a misconception in our brains. I hope this is making sense because it makes sense in my head. And so my, my point here really is being that we think these things equal success. But what if there was more to being successful? And if there was, would we be more encouraged to go after the things we want in life? Or would we be more afraid of going after those things and being afraid of failing? I found this really interesting. found a report by Populous and Gallup. And it found that while less than 10% of Americans personally define success in status-oriented ways, they largely believe that other Americans do. So while less than 10% of people believe that, they assume that, most other people believe that. And this is a huge problem because if we think everyone else thinks X is successful, so then we aim for X, but then the reality is that everyone does not think X is successful, then the thing that you've worked so hard for doesn't make you feel successful because you don't actually value that. And it doesn't make other people think you are either. So you're like out double. And it makes me think of this thing that, I, this idea that I created in my head a while ago and i named it pulling up weeds so imagine if you're gardening and you see this big weed and you try to pull out of the ground but it's one of those weeds that you think it has a root so you're just like reaching down and you want to pull up out of the ground and get that satisfied feeling of like pulling this weed out and getting out of your yard but it's not one of those weeds it's one of those weeds that ends up being more like a vine and it can like kind of just pull you all over the yard and eventually, because you never get to the end of it, you just break in, give up, right? So I think that's how a lot of people chase success. It starts with just trying to pull up this one thing that you think is going to give you the satisfaction, like going to this great college and graduating college. But the thing is, something always comes after that. There's always a next step because it co- goes from going to college to getting the dream job to getting the boyfriend, the girlfriend to Get, getting engaged to getting married to buying the house to having kids to getting a promotion like on and on and on and on and on there's always something else that we're trying to pull up that that's going to be the thing that's going to be the thing that's going to be the thing that makes me feel better and It's like a ladder that has an unending number of rungs, right? You're going to be climbing forever. We're going to be climbing forever, aiming to feel satisfied by standards that I don't even think are ours. Like I don't even think that some of us even know what our standards of success are. I don't think a lot of us even understand what success is and have ever really thought to define it because we just go with what we think other people believe. Most other people don't believe that. (sighs) Man, so when it comes down to it, I, I just want to let everyone out there know that success is actually something that can be defined individually. And there's no universal definition of success because different people find different things important and valuable. And, and that's important. We want that to be true. So different parts of the world continue to like move forward and grow. I think there's something more valuable than looking the part and getting things right personally. I think there's something more valuable than looking like you have things together because you you could have things together and you still might not feel good or those might not be the things that actually make you feel good. This is something that's really, really hard for people to grasp and- Honestly, things like social media for sure don't help us, but literally I want you to imagine what it, what would happen if we stopped living our lives for the approval of other people, if we stopped living our lives. So other people thought certain things about us, what would happen? And I say this all of the time, but the truth is if we're living our lives authentically and, and fully authentically, there's no way, no possible way that everyone will like us and approve of what we're doing. There's just no way that would be possible. So we have to make a choice. And, and the choices are either live my life inauthentically and abandon myself and my needs and my desires to gain the possible approval of all other people or live the life I want to live and accept that not everyone will think that that's cool or that's right or that's good. And this is where fear steps in and talks to us. So I want to talk about fear because that's part of this conversation. And first, I want to remind you guys that feelings are not good or bad. They are just things And I want you to think about feelings as guides or tools that lead us to our needs. Okay. So an easy way to to look at this is as if feelings were like car lights on a dashboard, right? I think a lot of us think that the lights are bad, but the reality is they're not good or bad. They're just, they're lights that are telling you that you need something like you need gas or you need an oil change or something like that. And you can listen to them. You can say, oh, that light came on. I'm going to go figure this out. Or you can ignore them and maybe you run out of gas. So the thing that you thought was a problem, oh, I'm low on gas, now becomes a huge problem because you're stranded. Or like your engine blows up because there's no oil. And so this thing that you thought was a problem, oh, I have to go to the place and get an oil change. It's so inconvenient. turns into this much larger inconvenience because you refuse to acknowledge the light. So that's what I want you to, how you, I want you to really view feelings here. So fear is a feeling. And it's one of my favorites. (laughs) For a second, I almost was like, no, it's not, but it really is. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) I don't like feeling it. It's uncomfortable, but it's one of my favorite feelings because it lets us know that we care about something. It guides us to what we are passionate about. We get scared because we care. If we didn't care, we wouldn't be afraid. And that is why I like this feeling because it helps us gain a much deeper understanding of ourselves and what is important to us. And it also reminds us that we value our lives. That's why you do things like look both ways when you cross the street because of fear, because you don't want to die. It lets you know that you value your life and being alive. So while it shows us what we value, it there at the same time also has the ability to keep us safe. Now, here's the thing about safety. Safety is something that we very often tie onto comfort but they are two separate things. So they're two totally different things that people think live together and we get them confused for one another too. And the truth is you can be safe and uncomfortable and you can be comfortable and unsafe. Both of those things can be happening. They don't have to be together. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but you know, some of you guys have not heard it. So we're going to talk about it again. I was an adventure therapist years ago at a treatment center and I did a lot of outdoor stuff, ropes, courses, team building. And one of the elements that we did often was it's called the leap of faith. And it was something, it was like a telephone pole that you would climb to the very top of this telephone pole. And then you would stand on this like little wood block and you would eventually jump off of the woodblock now you were harnessed in so you were harnessed in and then we had all these ropes and it was double safety it was like all it was very very safe (laughs) but people were freaked out when they did that like completely freaked out and they would be very afraid and say things like do you have me like am I gonna be okay and what was going on is they were very very uncomfortable it was it was an uncomfortable experience And so they then assume that they're unsafe. But the thing is, a lot of people are probably safer being harnessed in up on that telephone pole than they are on the ground where anything can just like run over you, right? You're safer doing that than you are driving a car, but we're used to driving a car, so we're comfortable with it. We're not used to climbing up a telephone pole. And so we have to learn to untie those things. It's like somebody who struggles with alcoholism, right? So it might be really comfortable when you're feeling sad to go to a bar and drink. But is that a safe decision for somebody who's an alcoholic? Or really anybody, but no. And so something that's comfortable is unsafe. And something that's uncomfortable, like climb up this telephone pole, is actually really safe. And the reason I even... Really wanted to bring that up is because that's what keeps us from doing a lot of things as well that we really want to do is because the discomfort of the unknown or the newness, it tells us that we're not safe and it tells us that we're not okay and then we run away from it. So I think we need to pay attention to fear. And we need to talk to it and we need to listen to it because sometimes the fear light gets turned on and it gets turned on to tell us that we care about something, but we get confused and we think it's telling us that we're unsafe when really we're just uncomfortable because we really care about whatever it is that we're doing. So we're doing, especially if we're doing something new or we're doing something with no guarantees, it's like, that's uncomfortable, but we get scared because we care about it, not because something bad is going to happen. Now, when we are afraid of failing, it means simply that we really care about what we are aiming for. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a reason not to do it. But that's a reason why we don't do it a lot of times. So if we're afraid of someone seeing us fail, or if we're afraid of what someone will think if we fail, that's a whole other situation. And that goes a little bit more into the success conversation that we were having. But also, I would really wonder, where is your value system? Where does your value system lie? What's more valuable to you? Honoring your Your goals and desires, or making sure that people think X about you, and if it's the second, that's okay. I just would really want you to dig into that and see if you want to stay there, if you want that to continue to be what you find most valuable, and if it is, okay. But if it's not, then we need to have a bigger conversation. Now, humans want to feel safe. It's a very natural thing and a very natural desire. But if we really peel apart the safe and comfortable parts, you can feel safe while you're doing something scary and be okay. Because you have a foundation to come back to, and you have a home base, you have security, you have something that reminds you that you're okay. And so you can take risks knowing that you're going to be okay, because you have a foundation, you have a foundation of what's important to you and who you are. And so taking a risk doesn't sound as scary, because if you mess up, that doesn't define who you are at all. Because you have already have a foundation laid of who you are and you can come back to that. If you don't have that foundation, you're probably not going to get what you want out of life. Think about jumping off of a rock from a really shaky foundation versus a really sturdy one. You'll go farther jumping off the sturdy one, right? The sturdy one is like your foundation or sense of self. It's knowing who you are outside of what you do or how you perform. And if I'm constantly trying to feel okay by the opinions and the thoughts of everyone else around me, I'm not going to have that strong foundation, right? And when we have a strong foundation of self and the outcome doesn't have the potential to damage or make or break my identity, the goal then starts to change, right? The goal is different when it the outcome of what you're wanting to do, that thing that you want, when the outcome of, of if you achieve that or not doesn't have the potential to damage or make or break your identity, the goal actually ends up changing the real goal. The jump stops being so much about being successful, right? The jump stops being so much about how far you can jump. And it starts being about growing and seeing how far you can jump compared to the last time you jumped versus trying to make one really, 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 really good big jump. The goal then essentially becomes learning how to jump better each time I do versus just having one really good jump that everybody thinks is awesome. It makes me think about a time in my life in high school when I played soccer. And while I was good at soccer, I would say I was a good player. I was never the best. And I was very aware of that. I will also add my high school soccer coach was not a kind person. He was mean and he scared the crap out of me. He brought a lot of fear, but in a way that told me that actually this was unsafe. It was unsafe to be a human around this person. I will also add in high school, I didn't have a very strong foundation. I did not have a very strong sense of self. And the behavior of my coach and how he coached us sent a message of fear. It was unsafe to be human. It was unsafe to be and when I say human, a thing that messes up and is imperfect. It was very unsafe to mess up around him. If you messed up, your identity as a player would change in an instant. Or at least that's what it felt like to me. So when I got an opportunity to play, play a game that at one point I really loved and I really enjoyed and I played it just for fun, I would end up freezing. And I'd leave games knowing I could have done better and I was not being myself. And probably back then I didn't really understand why I I would do that and I would like choke or mess up or whatever. Now I know what was going on. Any single play or game I was in had the ability to make or break who I was as a player, like I said. If I played a great game, I was a great player. If I had one bad game, I was a bad player. There was no foundation. I didn't have a great foundation of sense of self in general, but in just that one experience, like playing soccer on that team with that coach, I had no foundation. So there was not a safe base. There was no security. I wasn't jumping off of a sturdy rock there was no, it's okay, I know you can do better. I know that's not you. And what's going on? Like, let's have a conversation. If there was a mess up, there's temper tantrums, like adult temper tantrums, not by me by the coach, and yelling. And I can't believe you did that and a lot of shame. And that's because we were coached on how to be successful, or we were coached to be successful, not even how to be successful, we were coached to be successful, and not to grow as players. We didn't learn from our mistakes, we were shamed for them. So you didn't want to mess up because messing up was failing and failing was the opposite of success. And the reality in in life now, as an adult, I've learned more from my mistakes than anything else in life. Like I'm grateful for things that I probably would have labeled as failures in my past. I'm so grateful for them because those are the things that helped me learn how to jump farther the next time I go. But I didn't have that playing soccer. And so eventually, I just quit playing altogether. Because if I didn't try, I definitely wouldn't be a failure, right? If I didn't put myself in that game, I did not have to risk being shamed and risk having even shakier foundation of a sense of self. Now, the sad part about this, when I look back on it, is that I really could have been a great player. Like I could have not just been a good player, I could have been a great player if I was encouraged to grow instead of just succeed all the time. But I quit and that was a decision I made. I don't regret it at this point. Therefore, I never really learned how to be better. And I tell you that because I know there are people out there in the world that probably felt like I did back then. And I don't want you guys to quit. Like, I don't want you guys to quit. I didn't bloom into an exceptional soccer player because I wasn't good enough. I didn't because I didn't know how to grow. I didn't know that succeeding all the time and aiming for success all the time wasn't the path to greatness. Because what I have really learned through my short, long life is that the people in the world who do the things that you see and you're like, oh my gosh, incredible, wow. The people that are doing these things that you're like, how did they do that? Those people, the people that are probably following their dreams and their desires and going after the things that they want in life, the people that are doing these things that you can't even imagine doing, they're doing those things by not aiming to be successful. They're doing those things by aiming for growth instead of success. Because when we aim for growth, we can mess up. We can learn from things that went horribly wrong. When we aim for growth, we can take risks because the goal isn't to land on our feet all the time. That's not the goal. Um, When we aim for growth, we don't get it right. And then we use that experience to learn something and try again, and try to get it not right, but essentially better, right? We don't get down on ourselves and feel shame because when we aim for growth, and we don't, in quote, succeed, we also don't feel like we failed because the goal wasn't to succeed. And so let's come back to what failure is is failure the opposite of success? Or is it an idea that has been made up and actually doesn't have to exist? Because if failure is the opposite of success, that's so confusing too, because we've already decided that success is a very relative thing. And so what I'm saying is, if success is relative, or better yet, if our goal isn't even to be successful, if we take that out of the running, if our goal becomes growth, then what in the heck is failure? Not getting it right or not getting the job or the relationship not working out or the audition not going well isn't failure because I bet in those things you experience something and from that experience you grew. So if your goal was to grow, you didn't fail. And I want you guys to know that I have not gotten a lot of things and you may not know that because I don't know that I like post every time I something doesn't go the way that I imagined it in my head. <laughs> but I believe things don't work out until they do. And I've seen that in my lifetime, time, 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 time again. And one of the my favorite stories of, of that is about five years ago, I had decided that I wanted to get into fitness just for fun. I just wanted something fun to do outside of working as a therapist. And so I saw this new cycling studio was opening up and we didn't really have a lot of, we had one cycling studio in Nashville and it wasn't rhythm based, but it's the only one we had. So I would go to it from time to time and, I always thought the idea of teaching at a studio, at a cycling studio, would be cool because it's motivational, it's fitness, it kind of blended some of the things I, I loved together. So, this new studio was opening up and it was like no experience necessary. And I was like, all right, awesome. So, I applied and made it to the like in person, I guess, audition where they brought us in and talked to us about the studio they are going to open, didn't really ask us any questions or, or really they kind of talked at us and, and then they had us do this really weird, like very weird version of an audition where they like, we were in some apartment building um, in their like community room or something. And they put us on a stationary bike and they played music from an iPhone, like a couple seconds of each song. And they're like, we just want to see if you can ride to the beat of music. And I am very confident that I can do that. I don't have a lot of rhythm when it comes to dancing, but I really can ride to the beat of music on a bike. So we do that, you don't have to say anything. We didn't have to speak at all. And so in my head, I'm like, no big deal, I got this. Well, a week later I got an email that very clearly said that I did not got this and I didn't get it, I didn't make it. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, I was really afraid. Oh, I've missed that part, I was terrified of that experience, because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have experience. So I was like, who am I to be doing this? I really wanted it, right? So I really wanted it. So it was important to me. So I was really scared before that, I guess, interview or audition. But when I got that email, my thought wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have failed at this. And that was actually new for me back then. My thought was, okay, well, that was an experience that I had. And now I know what to expect and kind of, like I've done that. I've done this before. I'd never been to any kind of fitness studio audition in my life. So now I have to figure out if I really want to teach and if I do, how do I take what I've done here and learned and things that they talked about and all of that and then try again? And well, I did, I went to another audition at another studio that happened to be opening up at the same time and The funny thing is that audition, I actually had to get, I had to like prepare songs and like fake teach two of them to like two people staring at me, which was really awkward, but it's just how a lot of auditions are done. That was terrifying as well, but I did it and you know what? I don't even know how well I did, but they saw something in me and I made it. And I like telling that story because I think a lot of us don't go after these unknown things like these new, I hear it so much. Well, I can't do that. I've never done that. I don't have experience. They would never choose me. Well, they might not choose you the first time. For sure, they might not choose you. But is, is this important to you? Because you deserve to give yourself a shot. And you deserve to give yourself a shot again until you decide that like this isn't for you or maybe the world is leading you to something else because I fully believe that that no that I got from that studio was a nudge. It was a nudge saying, hey, you really were afraid of that because you really wanted it, but that's not the place for you. There's this other place. There's this other studio because I never would have gone to the other studios audition if I would have made that one. And that other studio actually was my home for about four years and was the reason I could even quit my job at the treatment center I was working at and start my business, my private practice. So I do not look at that audition and think about, oh, I failed, how embarrassing. How embarrassing that you told your friends about that and then you didn't get it. Not at all, I don't think that at all. I see that as a little push. You're going straight, we need to go to left. Turn here, that's what I saw that as. And I grew from it and then I went this other direction. And I stayed at that studio for four years and I failed another push. So that actually... All that makes me think of um, this song. I have this, I guess it's a song. Yeah, it's a song. I play it in my, speaking of cycling, I play it in my cycling classes, not all the time because it's really special. So I try to keep it for like special situations, but it's a clip from Oprah, like of Oprah talking placed over a One Republic song. So I want to end this whole conversation with the quote of what Oprah says in the song, because I think it sums everything up that I am getting at today. So I'm going to read you her words and here they are. There are no mistakes. There really aren't any because you have a supreme destiny. And when you're in your little mind, your little personality mind where you're not centered and where you really don't know who you are, that you come from something greater and bigger and we really are all just the same. When you don't know that, you get all flustered. You get stressed You get stressed all the time, wanting something to be what it isn't. And there's a supreme destiny. There's a calling on your life. And your job is to feel that and to know that. And sometimes when you're not listening, you get taken off track. You get in the wrong marriage, the wrong relationship. You take the wrong job. But it's all leading to the same path. There are no wrong paths. There are none. There's no such thing as failure really because failure is just that thing trying to move you into another direction. So you get as much from your losses as you get from your victories because your losses are just there to wake you up. I always ask people on Super Soul Sunday to tell me what would you say to your former self? And everyone says in one form or another, I'd say relax, just relax. It's okay, it's really going to be okay. The way through the challenge is to get still and ask yourself, what is the next right move? And then from that space, you make the next right move and the next right move. And not to be overwhelmed by it because you know your life is bigger than that one moment. You know you are not defined by what someone says is a failure to you because you know failure is there to push you into another direction. Ah, so good. I could hear her and listen to her say that over and over and I think that just perfectly wraps up everything we've been talking about today. So I want to end, 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 because I'm going to end with that quote, but I want to end, end with a question for you. And it's simply what would you do? What would your life look like? What would be happening if your goal was to grow instead of be successful and a failure was not a thing? Because not getting it right just leads you to eventually going out and finding what is for you. So I want you to write that down and then I'm gonna challenge you to go do that or do something to work towards that. And uh, y'all, that wraps up this week's episode of You Need Therapy. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. I know that I love talking about this stuff. So I'm gonna leave you with that. And I hope you guys have the day or the week or the hour that you need to have. And I'll be back talking to you on Wednesday for Couch Talks.